Well, it's your first time here. We're grateful to have you. My name is Pastor Jeff Gwaltney, and we are coming up on the one-year anniversary of One Seed Church, our celebration, technically, technically speaking. We were supposed to start last January 7th, then they predicted ice storm. So we canceled on the, to air on the side of, what is it, how does it go? Air on the side of caution, yeah. And then the 14th came along, but we didn't advertise the 14th because we knew the first service would not be our best service. So we said, the 21st is our first service. So this year, or 2019, our one year will be on the 20th. It's the One Seed Church birthday bash. Come on, give it up, come on. One year in the church world nowadays, that's like a long time for a church plant. We're still going. We're not going anywhere. We're building roots. So we're grateful to be here. And last night we had our Christmas party, our first. Everything's, you know, in the first year, it's like your first kid. Everything's a first. It's, it's the first fall fest. It was the first movie night. It was the first barbecue in May. It was the first potluck Thanksgiving dinner like three weeks ago. And then it was the first Christmas party last night. And so now next year, I don't know what I'm going to say because all the firsts are over. And so it's just going to be the annual Christmas thing. And so we had Christie's Banquet Center. Shout out to Christie's Banquet Center, if you're watching online, because they provided a killer. That means really good to, to some people. If you don't, it's not a derogatory term. It's a good thing. It means really good food, excellent food. That I ate two plates. I, I had a stomach ache actually, Michelle, because I, I ate so much chicken and ham, and uh, I might eat some when I get home. But uh, it was really good, and the wind was just. Crazy. We did see a dog outside. That wasn't an imagination thing of Toto. That was the hill's actual dog that was outside in the window. It was like a chihuahua or a, I don't know, Maltese or something. What do you call those things? It was a chihuahua. Okay. It was in the window, and we thought it was just a stray dog or the wind. You know, we thought it might have been Toto from Kansas. Cameron is from Kansas, but it was actually a member's dog, thankfully, and we put the dog back in the vehicle so he could stay warm, and the dog was happy. But this weather, it makes me want to get back to summer days, you know, like barbecue weather, you know, smoking some brisket. I know some of you like to use those smokers, and I've, I've gotten a little stale with my, my frequency now that we're doing the church thing. But I used to do it like every week for like two years, and I would post so many food pics on Facebook that people were really getting annoyed with my food pics, and it became like an addiction, and I, I didn't realize it until I looked back, and I thought, man what was wrong with me? Like, why did I feel like I need to show everybody my food every three days? It was like art to me. But in the barbecue world, anybody like barbecue? Probably no one. I know we got one, two, three, four. I think I saw five, Nate. Oh, we got a six. Hey, hey, we're almost full house here. We got, we got barbecue lovers. Well, in the barbecue world, when you get serious and you want to smoke something, you got to get yourself a thermo pen. Anybody know what a thermo pen is? It's a thermometer, but it's not just any thermometer. It's, it'll take a full reading in three seconds. So when you're out there in the freezing cold and you got to get that reading, get in and get out, it'll do it for you. Versus the traditional, you know, cheaper thermostats, they'll take a good 15, 20 seconds to give you a good accurate read. And your, your meat's cooling off and you got your thing open. And, but the thermal pen is how you determine if your meat is ready and how much further it has to go. It's a way to measure progress because without a way to measure it, you don't know how the meat is progressing. I mean, you can just 
look at it, like some people in my family say, I've cooked so long that I can just tell by looking at it. But you really have no way to gauge because you're trying to measure it from here instead of having an external way to reference where is it really at, like a thermo pen. Well, those thermo pens, when the batteries start going low, they start giving inaccurate readings. And I've had a few briskets, Nathan, that keep hitting like 200, they're over 200 degrees. I know, I know they're so tender, they're ready, but the thermo pen says they're like 160 degrees. And I said, that's not right. There's something wrong. And it was because the batteries skewed my measurement. Once the batteries were good, I had no way to accurately measure my brisket. But when the batteries are in there, when it's right, it's an excellent reference because I know when that brisket hits about 170, it's taking all the smoke it can get. I'm going to wrap that baby and I'm going to stick it in there to about 200. And then when I can just take a fork and slide right in, I know it's good to rest for about three hours. And I'm going to slice that against the grain and it's going to be perfect, juicy, moisty brisket. No rubber bands. You with me? This is church, by the way. I know it doesn't sound like it, but I'm going to get to that. Got to draw you in with something. Barbecue always works. Unless you're my kids. My daughter don't like barbecue sauce. Are you related to me, little girl? She is. But have you ever asked yourself why something was not working out after you put so much effort into that thing, that endeavor, that person? It doesn't seem fair we work so hard to make steps forward, yet find ourselves back at the drawing board again and again, pursuing the same repetitive path over and over, only to find we're not achieving the progress we set out for. It's almost like we're chasing progress. We're not making it, we're chasing it. We're, we're on heels of its feet. It's like we're trying to get to it, and it just, we keep going back. We never find it, or if we find it, we just fall back into the well. Progress makes me, and I'm sure others are like me, you know, to some degree, except, you know, I'm a little cuckoo sometimes, especially before church, but progress makes me feel validated. It makes me feel encouraged and motivated to take more steps. And without progress, I'm not motivated. Why bother? Why do it? No progress, no point, right? Why do it? And sometimes progress is a hard thing to detect, but it does make you feel good when you see it's happening. It's often the focal point of daily life is progress. We're always working through something. We're working through a job promotion. We're working through having children. We're working through school. We're always working towards something. Okay, we got through school. Now we're working on getting that job. Okay, now we're working on getting that house. Okay, now we're working on getting that car. Now we're working on going on that trip. It's like always something, you know? We're always seeking progress to stay validated. However, everybody say, however, if progress is not rooted in viable, godly solutions, we may be barking up the wrong tree. Perhaps the Hills dog last night could have been doing, I don't know. We may find ourselves barking up the wrong tree. If the target has no godly bearing or purpose, we may be, caught, may be out of a line with where God desires we take our steps, and we often fall back to square one more often than we'd hoped. It's not that you're not motivated. We're motivated. Everybody's motivated for something. We're hungry for change, and we're aggressive in our pursuit for progress. 
but deflated and left on empty because you may be missing God's purpose on your life. If we go to the Gospel of John today, chapter 4, verses 5 through 14, we've heard this passage. Jesus is thirsty, and he's met a Samaritan at the well. They called them dogs back then. They weren't a Jew. They were a dog. And the Jews and the, the, the Samaritans and the Gentiles, they didn't, they didn't really like cross those lines of communication. So Jesus was at the well, and he was thirsty, and he's talking to a Samaritan, and she's going, why are you, you talking to me? It was, it was odd to her, but he needed a drink, and she, she was at Jacob's well. Verse 5 says, so he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph, who had the coat of many colors. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, he was dehydrated. Says to her, he came to the woman of Samaria, um, sat thus by the well at the sixth hour, and he asked the woman to draw water, and she said, he said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy some Burger King food. He told the woman, I just need a drink, okay? I can, I can wait on the food, but I need a drink now. I'm wearied from my journey. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, um, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well? and drank from it himself and his sons and his livestock. And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will be in the fountain, will be in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life, an everlasting flower, I can't speak today, an everlasting fountain, living, quote, living water. That'll make you thirsty. This won't. The title of this message is Chasing Progress Without Purpose. Chasing Progress Without Purpose. We keep drinking, but we're staying the same. We're, we're still thirsting over and over. And without Purpose, like the thermal pen, you can't measure progress effectively. If you're just making progress and stuff, but you don't know what the purpose is, you, go, you don't know where you're going. You got no gauge to measure what you're doing. You're just making progress, maybe in things that mean nothing, or they mean something to you, but you're still thirsting. You're still dehydrated. And without purpose, progress can't be measured. And let's face it, like, like we were saying, it's, it's nice to get some things checked off the list each day. It's like in the nature of the Western culture, task list, get it done, get it done, get it done, work, 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 let's check off our list. Validation is task lists 101. We measure how much we've got done by the goal we set for ourselves. And we have like this, at least I do, I, I got issues, I'm not gonna lie. My obsession with getting through my lists 
but they're not always relevant, bearing any type of relevance in my day. It's mentally satisfying for a moment, but it fades away until the next day. And then when there's no list, I think something's wrong. It's this never-ending cycle of thirst. You can be really busy, but not going anywhere. You can be the busiest person in the world, but not growing because you don't know what your purpose is. You're just making progress. You're cooking the meat, but you don't know where the meat needs to stop cooking, what the goal is, how it's going to taste, what is the purpose of that cook. You can achieve everything that you set out for and still be thirsty. I do everything. I'm still thirsty. It's because without purpose, progress can't be measured. But I feel useless if I don't get something done. It's just in some way or another, I got to get something done each day. And that's a good thing. And my task list makes me feel organized on the inside. But if someone else looks at me, they say I'm a hot mess. Well, I'm organized. I, I think I'm making progress, even though it's all in my head. And I won't say who, but there was an old joke in my family. One time my brother says he found this computer screen at work when he was a kid. And on the screen was all these thoughts all over the place, different things, like this was the the thought process. And he came to me and he said, that's what their brain looks like. He said, that's what their brain looks like, because that's how the... It it was organized to them. It was efficient to them. But from an outsider, it was a hot mess, man. We were lost. I don't know where he was going. But we think in our minds that we're progressing. We're, We're doing it. We're doing it. The American dream, we're doing it. We keep tracking our head, but there's really no source of measurement going on, and so we're slipping more than we realize. It's like when smartphones came out. Does anybody, did anybody ever have this happen where they were really good at remembering things, and then smartphone calendars came out? And so you start using the calendar, and what happened to me is I started forgetting everything once I started relying on the calendar. And so over time, I thought it was the lack of me. I thought I was detraining my brain. But what I realized is I was actually just forgetting more than I realized, and the calendar was my source of reference to see I actually was just forgetting stuff. You with me? It wasn't the calendar. It was my brain never had it to begin with, but I thought it did until I had something get me in check. I had something to measure it by that I was making all kinds of errors. But I thought I was fine. I had to reference my progress by something and that's what purpose does it references where you're at with your progress because when you're on a journey towards purpose like this church i have a vision we have a vision of where we want it to go and we're trying to formulate the steps and so you see it in stages and it happens and as you go you formulate steps but if there was just no vision it'd be hard to take steps it's like a it's like a staircase if there was no staircase how do you go up i don't know I guess I could get a rope. I guess I could get a ladder. I don't know. But when the stairs are there, I just know I can go up because I have a point of reference. I have purpose to drive my progress. And a lot of us tend to just wing it, and that works for me. But maybe I'm losing vital information because I can't keep it all together like I think. The sense of busyness satisfies my conscience, but I I may not be waiting forward through the water, continuing the thirst. So we want to get it done, and we want to get it done fast, and we want more, 
And we think that's always the best solution, right? How many like to get it done fast? When you're going, like, like even when there's nothing to rush about, I used to have this problem, I'd always speed. I'd never speed now, that's not pastor-like. But, but, but you know, when, when, when you're in a hurry and you're used to going in a hurry, you're in a hurry, you think that's better, and then you realize, what am I rushing for? There's no fire. Anybody else do that? It's me, anybody? One, two, okay, three, four. Yes, we got people. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. Is that a song? I think I sang that once before in church, but it came out of my head. Again, see, I thought I, thought I heard that. It's just, it worked for me. But we think more and fast is better, and our instinct is to think more will make it more satisfying, but it often clutters focus and squanders our supply. And all of this is an illustration of how we're continuing to drink from the Samaritan's well. More and fast. My goal may not be the goals God has for me. I'm checking off boxes. Checking off spreadsheet, highlighting spreadsheet columns, turning them red. Oh, I love spreadsheets. Excel is this the best thing ever. But what am I, where am I getting with God? Where am I getting with my purpose? More, faster, better. You can achieve all the cares of this world, but still have a well that's dried up. <laughs> Does anybody remember, I don't, do they still make thermoses like for kids? Now they got sports bottles. But the thermos is, you know, you flip the top up and then you, you like pick up the whole thing and you, you drink it like a straw, but it was hard and you flip it. Anybody, Nick, you probably don't know what a thermos is because you just got like, you got like the weight, you got like the belt thing with the, the throwaways, you know, like the runners, like and you throw the next one, you just throw it off to the side and the runner, no? Nick's my nephew, I always make jokes with him. Anyway, uh, so the thermos, so I played soccer and my mom would put red Kool-Aid in the thermos. <laughs> in the summertime, and um, it was sweet. So there's a lot of sugar in the Kool-Aid. So I would say there's more Kool-Aid and sugar than there was water. You could like, you could, chew, you, you could almost chew it into like some kind of taffy. It was so thick, it was coagulating in your mouth and you, no, it wasn't that bad, but it was so sweet. And I would just guzzle that thing and thought I was quenching some thirst, but I didn't know I was probably slowly killing myself on the soccer field in the middle of summer while the other kids are drinking Gatorade and water. Jeffy's drinking Kool-Aid getting cramps in the stomach, falling over, calling 911. Well, in my mind, later, I thought I could have I fallen over from cramps, drinking that Kool-Aid in the hot summer weather, but I thought I was quenching my thirst, and I was really killing myself in that summer heat. I wasn't quenching my thirst, but I thought I was. My mom thought I was. We didn't know. We didn't know. We thought we were doing the right thing with the Kool-Aid. <laughs> but later, we realized it wasn't hydrating, the body. So entered Gatorade, thankfully. But without purpose, progress can't be measured. And achieving too much too quick will also cause problems because it's through the process you recognize the change. And if you don't have any change noticed in your mind, it's because you're moving too quick and you burn out. And so you get really fat, you know, it's like these, these kids that get rich too quick or these athletes that hit it big real quick, they, they lose everything because they got it so fast, they didn't pick up the wisdom along the way to handle the process that changed them to get them to where they were because they got it too fast. So they thought more and fast was better, but it wasn't necessarily better. It wasn't really rooted in the thing that was going to make them better. It's kind of like the well. We think, we think the Kool-Aid is going to do it, but God says, no, I got living water. You're not drinking it. You're drinking the Kool-Aid man, bro. You're drinking Kool-Aid. 
I said, living water, if you want to never thirst again. So maybe in all these scenarios, we're staying thirsty. Purpose takes time, but we want everything now, man. We want it now. Amazon, it's at our fingertips. I don't want to go to a store. I want to even order my food online. It's awesome. They ship it shipped. You got whatever the, the Deerbergs will do it. You've got, I don't know, my wife knows. There's like four companies we use. They'll ship the groceries right to your door. It's awesome. It's, we want it now. We want it fast. We want it fresh. We want it now more better till it spoils. Like when you buy the spinach and it spoils, it's not always better fast and quick. We lose purpose in pursuit of seeing the fruits of progress too quickly, then you get burnout. Purpose takes time. And more often takes away focus. We don't internalize purpose because we're rushing through the progress. And if we don't internalize it, it goes out the window as fast as it came in. We didn't internalize it. When we do the music, I can internalize a song real fast and then I forget it like the next day because I, it goes out as fast as it came in. That's how it is with purpose, godly purpose, viable growth. It has to build roots, and that takes time. And if you get it that fast, it doesn't last. It's a quick, it's a quick quench. When you, when you try to go another way, outside of God's way, it doesn't last. It's a quick fix. It feels good for a minute, but it doesn't sustain. When you think, you think drugs are the solution, you think, you think pills are the solution, you think, you think those kind of relationships are the solution, you think, you think cheating people that way is the solution, it feels good for a minute because you look good, but you're still drying up in your well on the inside. You're staying thirsty. It's like uh, UFC. Anybody like UFC? We got some UFC fans. We like violence here at once. No, I'm kidding. We don't like violence. We like athletic competition. We like, we like you know, more, I, I like, I'm talking about me. We like, once, we like wrestling and we like martial arts and stuff. So we watch the UFC. And these fighters, like John Jones, um, a lot of them, they, they get to the top so fast because they're so good that they miss all the roots that should grow along the way. And so they become a hot mess. They lose everything. They get so distracted by the world and the temptations handed to them that they lose track of what their purpose was to begin with because, because the progress was too fast, too much, too quick. They're burnt out. They got kicked out. Now they're doing drugs, running from police. They got issues. You see it in football players. You see it in athletes all the time because they can't handle it. It's too, it came too quick. To bear, they didn't root wisdom in the process. And they're back at that well again. We got, I had a guy, I was showing a house once, to rent a house once. And I showed a guy and he was an ex-star football player huge guy I was kind of intimidated because it was just me and him in the house and he was really big and kind of kind of looking down on me and I thought hello sir you know and he he's he saying oh I'm so-and-so I didn't I don't know much about football and I looked him up the guy was a star and he was he lost everything because he lost it as fast as he gained it because it was so fast it like got out of control and he didn't know how to handle it because he was not he was making progress really fast but he didn't have a purpose a good purpose his purpose was a well that was drying up, not a godly purpose that was sustained. And so here he was back at the well, really struggling. Let's just put it that way. He was struggling. He was on top of the world. It happens all the time. 
So more and fast is not better. Progress is not always better. If you don't have purpose, progress means nothing. You got to have purpose. We got to quit staying thirsty. God wants to make you efficient and sustain by pursuing the right target. And that's purpose, to take your mind off progress and look at purpose. What makes me get up every week is not progress, it's purpose. Because if it was just progress, sometimes you feel like progress is not fast enough. We need more, we need, we need faster. With jobs, you know, with money, we need more, we need faster. If there wasn't a purpose, like I got to take care of my family, I got to pay the bills, that's what makes you go to work. You know what I mean? Well, most people, some people choose just not to work, but they, you know, they, they end up back at the well. The progress is a byproduct of purpose. And when you take your focus off progress and you say, God, what is my purpose? Our vision statement here is discover God's perfect plan for you. What does that mean? We think everybody has a purpose in God's church or his body as the arms and feet of Christ. And it's all those different things, those different purposes combined. Is that what makes the ministry effective? It's not one person doing one thing. It's the combined effort, and it takes finding purpose. So this is a core value of our church. And a lot of us are chasing progress, but we really want and need purpose, and we don't know it. We just think the well is okay, and Jesus says, no, that is not the living water. You drink it from the wrong well, he said. What they thought was a solution was not sustaining and some of you there's water, got to change. Got to change out the water. And we know in Romans 8.28 that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Not progress. We are called to his purpose. Not progress. When I have purpose, progress will take care of itself. Without purpose, my progress is an endless circle of being lost in the maze of life. And my purpose, whatever the world says, doesn't matter. My purpose, your purpose, is to obtain favor with God, not men. It doesn't matter that they think it's weird. They, that it doesn't matter they think you get too excited for someone you can't see. Well, they don't know how to see because they're looking with the wrong kind of eyes. Jesus says, open your spiritual ears and eyes and you'll see me. You'll feel me. I'll communicate to you. I am there. When we seek the favor of God over men, we'll find purpose because he won't leave you out of the flock. He'll come to you. He'll draw near to you when you draw near to him. When God is in control, it's, it's a done deal. The progress takes care of itself. It's evident. You look all around in your life. And when you know you've given it to God and you watch the things he's blessed you with like children, like husband and wives, like family, like love. And you just, you just look at your life and you abstract your thought out for a minute. And you look at it from an abstract point of view and it's everywhere, but you have to pay attention to it. And it's easy to get off the course and be part of the world. Progress doesn't always feel apparent and it's often really slow feeling, steady, but God moves patiently. God moves patiently. He's not, he's not, he's not a wreck and it's like, when you see that, you see that, that's not God. God moves patiently, calculated, strategic. 
God is calculated. He doesn't make errors, and he's not going to cause you to go in this panic frenzy. That's not godly. He wants you to be consistent more than fast. He wants you to be focused on purpose more than progress. And he'll say, I'll give you the progress. Don't, don't you worry about that. I'm going to bring some progress to you. You just keep obtaining my favor and not men. I can quit watching the clock of life and just focus on Jesus when purpose is my focus. If y'all could stand to your feet with me. We're going to close today. What's funny about we're trying to find God's will, we're trying to find purpose. We may be actually working really hard at battling what God's purpose is. We're actually fighting God's purpose. We don't even know we're fighting it. We think the well is good, but we're actually causing the well to dry up because we keep making the same decisions because we never stop and say, okay, God, what is it that I should do? What, is, what should I do? Let me get in your word, Lord. Let me go to church. Let me take steps. Let me pray. Let me, let me talk to you, Jesus, in prayer, and let me find out what is it you'd have me to do. Guide my steps, Lord. I want purpose. I'm not going to worry about progress any longer. I've achieved all the milestones, God, but I still lack joy, peace, contentment. I'm still thirsty. He says, you're drinking from the wrong well. Drink from my well. You've been chasing after progress, but Jesus wants to give you purpose. Finding God's will in your life finding purpose. It's, purpose is a thing preachers talk about all the time. It's like a good buzzword the last couple years. It's, it's, it's purpose. Everything's purpose. But really, like if you get into it, what is, what, is my, what is my objective in my life? What is my purpose? What am I doing? It's a question I've had to ask. Everybody gets to that point where they need to ask themselves, where am I trying to go? What's going with me when I leave this earth? Where am I trying to go in eternity? Am I just trying to get it all here and then die and that's it that's not that doesn't feel right that that's not what god would want for me that's not what his word said he says he says you shall never thirst again never means never doesn't mean when you die you'll stop you know it's over never he's talking about eternity when you drink of my water and out of your belly he says shall flow rivers of living water because this water is different it's not holy water it's living water and the water is only holy by the touch of god because it's the spirit of god is what the living water is and when the spirit dwelleth in you it comes pouring back out and it goes into the next person and that's how you become the arms and feet and when you say okay he said go and wait go and wait go wait on high and you'll you'll hear a sign from heaven and then you will be endued with power he's talking about his spirit the living water and you cannot go teach the next person until you've been endued with power and drink my water because the kool-aid is not going to work you need the living water if we could bow our heads we're going to pray there's a lot of people sick right now in in the church and just in general if we could pray lord touch these people right now they're battling flu and colds and all these things and it's just spreading around we pray you nuke it in your mighty name lord jesus nuke the sickness and let them rejoice and know that you've healed them let them not go through that whole flu thing this season but god 
even more than that, we know we'll get over the flu. Help us find a reason for why we get up every day. And not only is it the things we live for, like our children and our families and our wives and all those things, but let me look at the greater picture of where am I trying to take my family, my children's children, and the next generation until your rapture comes. Lord, where am I trying to take them? What is my purpose? Where is my focus? Am I drinking from a well that's dried up and I don't even know it? Am I drying up the well anyway and I think I'm drinking the living water? I want the living water. God, I don't want that dry stuff no more. Help us, Jesus, discern what is the world and what is your word and what is the difference. We need your spirit, God. Be honest this week as we go about our daily business and help us keep you in focus and be steady and patient and efficient in your word. And we know progress will just come because we will find purpose. And if everybody can say in Jesus' name, amen.